0: episode 281. It is Wednesday here in Cincinnati. We have another day of blue skies and a little bit warmer. I think it's going into high 70s today, but really pretty fall with the leaves. It's gorgeous here in Ohio right now. So this morning when I was on my run, I kept thinking about the book Broken Open and wanted to select something from that to read today because there's so much energy moving I thought it would be um, timely and perhaps have some wisdom to share not perhaps (laughs) I knew the book would have a lot of wisdom to share so when I got home and I was looking in the book I I play this game I don't know if you do this but I play this game sometimes I'm like okay source you know show me give me something magical (laughs) and then I'll just open the book and it's always something magical like whatever book I'm putting that intention towards Whatever page I go to has exactly the thing that I needed to hear. And so I did that with Broken Open today. Except when I went to open it, I had a bookmark that I'd put in there, I don't know how long ago. And I thought, oh, it must have been from the last time I read in this book, in the podcast, because I've read from it. I think this is my fourth or fifth uh, excerpt that I'm reading. And I was like, oh, it must be from one of those. And I start reading it. Nope, it's not. (laughs) And it's perfect. It's so perfect for today. The funniest thing is the bookmark. It's a picture of a bridge. It's San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's like a holographic picture on a postcard that I bought years ago when I was there with my children. And I put it in the book, and it's kind of how I move through the book. I just move the bookmark to different places. But the chapter I'm going to read today, I couldn't believe that's where the bookmark was. I mean, I could, but I couldn't. You know how you want to believe in magic, and then sometimes you're like, oh, it's just too perfect. How? (laughs) How could that have happened? Like, did the angels or the guides move the bookmark? How did it know to be right exactly here? So we're going to continue with this theme of... um, really trusting the flow that is guiding us along in our paths and knowing that when we're in these times of transition or moving across a threshold that what's on the other side is beautiful and also crossing that threshold is really intense at times. The title of the chapter, well first let me say the book is called Broken Open. It's by Elizabeth Lesser. Um, You can go back through other podcasts if you want to listen to more of the chapters I've read in this space she is the founder and owner and facilitator and whatever other beautiful titles she gets to wear there at the omega institute up in northern new york and she has sat with talked to met with been in workshops with the world's greatest healers teachers guides wisdom keepers i mean she's just had this extraordinary path in her life and she wrote this book many years ago about her own journey, her private journey in her movement through her the ending of her marriage and her divorce. Um, she describes in the book how she met this person and had an affair and she calls him her shaman lover because he awoken, awakened in her this this new passion for being alive and for living her greatest truth. And the chapter that I happened happened to happen upon is <laughs> called the crossroads and in it she describes the moment where she knew she had to end her marriage so I read to you from broken open by Elizabeth Lesser the crossroads on one side of my kitchen table sits an antique bench made of splintering rough-hewn pine it really should be replaced the bench is so unstable that it is more like a seesaw in a playground than a piece of furniture in a house more than a few friends and family members have been dumped on the floor when the person on the other end stood, stood up abruptly. At my father's 80th birthday party his aged secretary from earlier days was tossed from the bench when another party guest arose from the other end. Food and wine spilled all over her dress as she landed in a heap. Oh, that bench, I exclaimed in apology to the woman, who was shaken yet fortunately unharmed. I should really get rid of that bench. But I cannot bear to let go of the bench because when I sit on it, I remember the moment when my underworld journey reached the crossroads. Marion Woodman, the great Jungian analyst and author, says that we come to the mythic crossroads during moments in our lives where the unconscious crosses consciousness, where the eternal crosses the transitory, where a higher will demands the surrender of our egos. It was on the bench in my kitchen that my unconscious behavior crossed my conscious awareness, and I knew I had to end the affair. I can recall that moment as if it were this morning, even though it was years ago. Often when I sit down to a meal and I feel the splintery wood and the wobbly legs of the bench beneath me, I am drawn back to the crossroads. I remember the stillness in the empty house and the contractions of my heart as I sat on the bench and wept from a kind of sorrow and terror I had never known before. I don't remember the season, Or the day of the week or the hour of the day i do remember a moment when i finally understood as if a guillotine was about to cut off my head that my life as i had known it was over i had just returned from santa fe from the trip where i met with the psychic in the trailer park tired from the traveling and stunned by what the psychic had told me i sat on the bench after getting the kids off to school the words of the psychic rang in my ears I heard her asking me what my soul wanted, and for the first time I let myself understand that my soul wanted the truth. What is the truth, I asked, ready to let the lid off what I already knew. And as if the psychic was there on the other side of the bench, the answer came right back. The truth was that my marriage had been over for several years now, and that my shaman lover would never want to commit his life to my children and me. Both relationships could not survive the truth of who I had become. For my sake, for my husband's sake, for my children's sake, and for my shaman lover's sake, it was time to tell the truth. A raw and desperate longing for the light of day, the twin of the longing that had got me into this mess, took hold of me. A new kind of courage took my arm and led me to the telephone. I made two calls. The first was to my husband. The second was to my shaman lover. And then I sat back down on the bench, marooned by the truth. I cried months and months of tears, tears of shame, of fear, of surrender and of relief. I knew that in giving up my marriage, I was giving up a precious union I would never be able to recreate. I would never mate or marry again with such innocence. The novelist Robertson Davies says, one always learns one's mystery at the price of one's innocence. I was learning my mystery, the mystery of myself, and paying with my innocence and my marriage, but the time had come. I also knew, in walking away from my shaman lover, that I would never again fall in love with such wild abandon and blind determination. I was terrified to give up a love that had saved me, but I knew further that what I had found with my shaman lover was mine to keep. Even if I never fell in love again, once would have been enough because once we have given ourselves to another, we are able to fall in love with life itself, and that can last forever. While I was in Santa Fe a few days before visiting the psychic, a friend took me to a natural hot springs in the mountains. After we soaked in the sulfury water, a Mexican woman wrapped us in wool blankets and settles, settled us on cots in a courtyard in the sun. I don't know how long we lay there, and I don't know if what I experienced was a dream or a vision. Whatever it was, it was not a normal nocturnal dream. It seemed real, almost more real than life. And she describes it: "I am walking in a desert towards a dark shape, the only shape on the flat landscape. As I near the blackened shape, I see that it is a burnt tree trunk, standing alone amidst the desert rocks and stubble, out from behind the dark mass steps a dear friend who has recently died from leukemia. I go to her, and as I do, I become her, standing alone and dead by the gloomy tree. I feel a great weight of sadness crushing my heart. I am dead, the desert is dead, the tree is burned and dead. I sit by the tree and wait. And then my shaman lover appears. He reaches his hand into a hole in the tree trunk, and pulls out rough desert rocks encrusted with gems, turquoise, coral, quartz. He turns to me and feeds me the gemstones. They fill me with warmth and joy. And as suddenly as he appeared, he is gone. I am left there, no longer dead, but alive with something luminous and solid burning in my core. And then she continues with her description she said a journey into the underworld never turns out to be what we feared and at its core the darkness becomes the light my dance with the shaman lover took me into the darkness our relationship showed me hidden aspects of myself that I never would have seen without him marvelous passionate and loving aspects and horrible destructive and deceitful aspects when I arrived at the crossroads starting on that bench in the kitchen And when the spinning plates of my marriage and my affair crashed to the ground, I was left with nothing but my most human self. There was no more pretending that I could have a perfect life. I knew now that I was a flawed being, capable of both sin and love. From now on, I could blame no one else for what happened in my life, nor could I look to anyone to save me. My life was my own. It was up to me to rechristen my evil with what was best in me. As I ascended from the underworld, I vowed to leave my idealized version of the world behind. I vowed to work every day to transform my fear into openness, my blame into responsibility, my hubris into humility. I wanted to trade my shame, my embarrassment at being human, for the kind of wisdom that makes for a happy, kind, and courageous life. That is what I decided at the crossroads. I chose a different path that day. I took a new road, the road of truth, as the psychic called it. It's not an easy road to travel, but it leads ever onward into landscapes of freedom. It took me a long time to repair the damage done during my descent. Separating from my shaman lover was painful for both of us. My ex-husband and I struggled to leave each other with dignity and fairness, and still our divorce was wrenching and messy. My role at work changed forever for better and for worse. I was set back financially for years, but I was also set free to explore other creative aspects of myself. My family, my children, and my role as a mother also went through big changes, which I write about in the next part of the book. There is no getting around the fact that a phoenix process is both wounding and liberating, but wounds can heal while liberation is without end. When I emerged from my journey in the underworld, I was cracked and battered, but I was also strangely at peace. I had broken open. I was no longer a tight little bud. I had risked everything and had blossomed. Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. I'll put a link in the comments. I encourage you to buy the book if these words resonate and to read her story and see what matches there might be for yours.